0: ever wanted to sit down with a woman who is a few seasons of life ahead of you. Settle in on her couch with a big cup of coffee and pick her brain about all of the joys and challenges of the season of life that you're in now and the seasons that you're looking forward to. To hear her advice and learn from the wisdom that she's gained over the years. That's exactly what today's episode from The Archive is all about. Welcome to Letters to Women. This is a podcast where we explore and embrace what St. Pope John Paul II called the feminine genius, this unique strength and dignity that we have as women, and what growing in that looks like in our daily lives. This is not a podcast where we talk about the quote-unquote one way to be a Catholic woman, and it's also not a show where I sit down with other women and we share a set of expectations for Catholic women today that leave you feeling left out or out of place. Instead, you'll find conversations with women in a variety of seasons of life and hear about how they're living out their own unique feminine genius. And this is all offered as encouragement for you to discover more about who you are and how you're called to live out that feminine genius too. My name is Chloe Langer and I'm a Catholic wife and mom living here in Kansas City. These past weeks have been Beautifully full at the Langer house. We've had spring weddings and endless little house projects that we can finally tackle now that the weather is getting warmer. And the last steps of our adoption home study before we get to move into a season where we're just waiting to be matched. So today I'm pulling one of my favorite episodes from the archives to share with you. This is a listener favorite too, so there's a chance that you've already listened into this, but it's so packed full of practical advice that you might discover something that you missed the first go around. In this episode, Kimberly Hahn and I chatted about her Bible study, Graced and Gifted, which is all about how we can tackle the seemingly endless demands of caring for our families and our homes, all from the perspective of the woman described in Proverbs 31. She also shared her tried and true tips for things like time management, her secrets for meal planning and how she creates a peaceful and beautiful home for her family and friends. So if you're looking not only for useful tips, but also some inspiring help from a woman who has been there, done that when it comes to taking care of the domestic church, no matter what season of life you find yourself in today, sister, this letter's for you. Today's episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by Sacred Heart Tea Company. There are so many little traditions that we have around our house here that revolve around tea. Joseph and I make mugs of tea or iced tea now that the weather's getting hot as we wind down for the evening after we put our toddlers to bed for the night. I love sitting down with Maeve and Ada for little tea parties on rainy afternoons. And when calming down for the night is a challenge, I brew a mug of tea for Maeve, our four-year-old, to sip on during bedtime book reading. Sacred Heart Tea Company creates loose leaf teas based on the lives of the saints. So not only is it a perfect addition to your evening or morning routine, it's also a chance to learn more about the saints and their stories. Their tea shop features green, black, and herbal teas, as well as caffeine-free teas for the evening routines. And if you don't know where to start, you should check out their Communion of Saints Sampler, which features sample sizes of all their teas to help you find your new favorite. Find out more at SacredHeartTea.com and use the code LETTERS to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. That's SacredHeartTea.com with the code LETTERS for 10% off. Now let's dive into this conversation with Kimberly. Today, I am welcoming Kimberly Hahn to the Letters to Women podcast. Kimberly is a Catholic speaker and author who, for decades, has shared her wisdom with other wives and mothers. She's been married to her husband, Scott, for more than 40 years, and together they have six children and 20 grandchildren. Their son, Father Jeremiah, was just ordained to the priesthood, and another one of their sons is preparing, God willing, for his diaconate ordination. After homeschooling for 26 years, Kimberly now serves as counsel at large in Steubenville, Ohio, and she also hosts the St. Paul Center podcast, Beloved and Blessed. Kimberly, welcome to Letters to Women. It is so good to have you on the show. Thank you, Chloe. It's wonderful to be with you. Wonderful. We're going to be talking about your newest scripture study, which is graced and gifted, as well as diving into topics like creating a rule of life, your advice for some practical things like meal planning and structuring Sundays, and how to form friendships with women who are maybe a few seasons ahead of us in life. But before we dive in, Kimberly, can you tell me a little bit more about your story as a Catholic woman?
1: Sure. Uh, I was not born uh, a cradle Catholic. Um, I was raised in a beautiful Protestant family, uh, the firstborn of my mom and dad. And I would say they prayed for me from the moment that they knew I was on the way. They fed me the word of God right along with my peas and potatoes. And I can't remember a time I did not believe that God existed and that he loved me. But as I turned um, 13, I really had an awakening in my spirit that it wasn't just uh, answers to a question on a quiz about God, but that I really wanted to give everything to him. And so I made a much deeper commitment um, to following Jesus. And that had a tremendous impact on my life, even though I hadn't done drugs and gone wild with, you know, all kinds of sin it doesn't matter how greatly you've sinned the question is are you following jesus and and i i really came to a new understanding of what it was to give my life to him i went to grove city college And that's where I met Scott. He recruited me for a a, a ministry called Young Life. And um, I really enjoyed that ministry of being able to reach kids for Christ and leading small group Bible studies um, side by side with Scott. And then he recruited me for life. (laughs) And, uh, And so we headed off to seminary, newly married. He studied for a Master of Divinity program. And after a year, I began an MA in theology. Um, And again, doing that side by side was such a rich experience. Um, By the time we graduated, I was three months pregnant with our firstborn child, and he had a position as a teacher and as a pastor. Um, So he was ordained in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church and began teaching also at a small local seminary. And the difficulty was that he was running into more questions than he felt he had answers for the students, especially some fundamental questions, uh, because he would have described himself as a reformational type Christian. Um, and the two big pillars of the Reformation, that you believe in faith alone apart from works and that the scripture alone is our authority. Um, He began to question whether or not the sacred scriptures actually taught either of those and in fact seemed to point beyond itself to the church that the Holy Spirit led to put the canon together of sacred scripture um, and that in fact faith is both a necessary response in obedience but also the gift of God and likewise good works must follow as Saint. James says very clearly we're not justified by faith alone um, but then you know do we take credit as if we've earned our salvation? Well no it's all it's all grace and the more he studied the more confused really he became, and I was moving on to the next stage of family life with this little baby. And I'm like, I don't know what you need to do, but we've got to get this resolved and move on. And my thought was that he would get it resolved, come back to, you know, his Protestant roots and we'd be good to go. And I wouldn't have to get out the books and study anymore. Um And as it turns out, uh, though, he promised me when we left Grove City, we could return to Grove City briefly and then went on to Milwaukee for him to do doctoral work. And when we left uh, for Milwaukee, he said, you know, I won't do anything crazy like convert, you know, in in like the next four years. Um, But by spring of that first year in Milwaukee, his heart longed to receive the Eucharist. And people can read a lot more details about this in the book we wrote together, Rome's Sweet Home. Um, But then it really became a very, very difficult time in our marriage and our family. Um, He asked me if I would release him from that pledge to wait four years. And with a lot of tears, um, I felt like I could not bind his conscience to not follow Christ if he felt compelled that Christ was, in fact, calling him to the church. But in my own words, I just said I feel like you've abandoned me, and um, and he walked out the door, and I knew the sound that he had picked up rosary beads, (laughs) and it was like, oh Lord, and I said, you know, who do I go to? Because I thought if I call family, they're going to take my side, and if I call friends, I don't know what they would say. And I knew for our marriage, even to survive this, that we would have to have support from people just for our marriage, and and I just wrote in my prayer journal, Lord, who do I go to? And don't tell me Mary and the Saints. (laughs) And as it turns out, and it was a very long road, it was four years. And anybody who's ever heard my husband speak can only imagine what it was like to live with this man for four years, challenging me and trying to um, win me over, convince me, and at the same time, Genuinely wanting to do it out of love, um, but not always succeeding. And sometimes my, my pushback was honest and sincere and I needed more time to think things through. And other times I was genuinely just putting him off because I didn't want to face it as something inevitable. And um, gradually through some study and prayer and um, really mulling things over, God broke through and open my heart to say yes, um, yes to him, him first and foremost. And as Scott said, you know, you need to put Christ right before you. And what will you tell him? And I said, I can, I can truly say I have followed you into the Catholic Church, um, Jesus. And so uh, when my parents came, it was real tough. You know, they came to the Easter vigil for me to come in, be received. And you know, these are the people who raised me, who love our Lord and brought me to faith, baptized me, taught me. And, you know, in this life, I don't know if we'll ever have communion side by side again. And it was it was a wrenching but still beautiful Easter vigil, you know. So now united, reunited with Scott in a powerful way. New graces for our family, but new brokenness within my family of origin. And um, it's been a long, a long road. Um, I, we've never been rejected by the family. Um, no one has treated us as if we stopped being Christians when we became Catholic. But it was a very much a do do not ask, do not tell policy. Um, and that I wish so much with all my heart that I could share why I'm a Catholic. Um, but at this point in time, there isn't really uh, that openness.
0: Thanks for sharing. That's absolutely beautiful. That's incredible. And I love what a, what a part scripture plays throughout the entirety of your story. You started off by talking about how your parents were there with scripture from oh. your from the very moment of your existence. Yeah all the way through today where you're writing these incredibly beautiful scripture studies. So it's just really beautiful to see the word of God just be just this Mm -hmm. constant presence regardless of season. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great Mm -hmm. gift from our Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And the church. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Amen.
0: Yes. You have recently written two really beautiful scripture studies that I have sitting in front of me. The first is Chosen and Cherished, Biblical Wisdom for Your Marriage, and the newest is Graced and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart. I'd love to hear more about what inspired this newest scripture study and maybe a little sneak peek for listeners, what they'll find when they open the pages of your newest book. Yeah.
1: So what I did starting decades ago, I began to teach through Proverbs 31, using it almost like a table of contents. And I want to explain why Proverbs 31 is important. It's the only scripture that seems to have been written by a woman. And it's the instructions of a queen mother to her son, who is a king, King Lemuel. And she's trying to give him a picture of what are the qualities that he should look for in a future wife. Um, She's really trying to say to him, I believe, that you've... You've collected a lot of things. You know, you've got lands, you've got maidservants and men servants, you've got um, cattle and, and other kinds of animals. Do not approach a wife like you're picking up one more thing. This is a person who needs to have a heart for the King of Kings to be able to be your helpmeet. And this woman will not only make the difference in your life, but in the life of your kingdom. And in a small way, I, I see myself as queen of the realm under under my spouse, who's the king of the realm. Um, and, and I want to reflect on this particular woman who is really seen as a, as a picture of a godly woman. So I began doing this Bible study, and as it developed over many, many years, it actually became 24 Bible studies um, 24 weeks worth. And so the first six became chosen and cherished. The next six became graced and gifted. And there's more to come. The The first part was um, uh, focused on marriage. Um, what are the qualities that a woman who has a heart for God develops, and and then what difference does that make? And looking very specifically at faithfulness, for instance, um, how do we live out our vow in terms of thoughts and words and deeds? And sometimes we can reduce faithfulness down to do you commit adultery or not? But there are so many ways in which we can become more and more faithful, and that is how do we use our minds? How do we use our tongues? How do we act in a way that builds up our spouse and builds up our marriage and family life? Um, being trustworthy, obviously not lying, but even more really telling the truth, but telling it in love and not giving um, even hints of impropriety, modesty in clothing. I mean, there's just so many ways in which we can grow in faithfulness, and of course, faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. So we know, as we grow in the spirit, that's one more fruit that he's going to bring out in our marriages. Um, so, and there are other aspects of marriage that I touch on in Chosen and Cherished: uh, how to fight fair, you know, how to how do you work out your rules of engagement? Um, is anger always sinful, or how can we be angry and not sin? Because the scriptures. Say you can, so but we also know we overstep a lot of times when we get angry, um, and, and so forth. So, graced and gifted is a different take on these particular qualities. And what I wanted to do was focus on the work of homeworking, home making, and how do we take an environment? It could be an apartment, it could be a trailer, it could be a single dwelling uh, a home and, sorry, house and make it a home. How do we um, bring order out of chaos, um, uh, provide for the very practical needs of our family in terms of clothing and food and um, an environment that communicates a sense of peace, even in, you know, lots of family life chaos, but still a feeling a feeling of peace, of safety, of security. My mom used to say that she thought of the dinner table as welcoming the family back from the storms of life. This was a safe harbor. This was a place where you knew you were loved and you knew you were to love those around the table, to listen as well as to speak Yeah. Um, And then gardening. I did not grow up gardening, but I have developed uh, a lot of gardening skills. So we have blueberries and strawberries and raspberries and mulberries and black raspberries. Um, And we have a hundred foot long double sided raised bed garden for vegetables. And um, and then we also have flowers and bushes. And it's just been a process because I wanted to give the land have the land give glory to God. And the way that I think the land can do that is either enhancing the beauty of it or making it productive in the sense of producing food. And to bring to your dinner table, you know, like yesterday, we had lettuce and spinach that we just pulled out of the garden or blueberries that we just picked or raspberries, etc. In fact, we just picked rhubarb. And two days ago, I made rhubarb pie you know and and that was just so fun to take it right from the garden and within an hour I had something really scrumptious for us to eat um when I shared this bible study and um I I do want to say at the outset the goal of it is not to try to make us into the catholic Martha Stewart's of the world okay because we can we can get so caught by how much better the wife over there gardens or the wife over there uh, decorates her house or the wife over there is uh, so musical or so athletic and everyone has different strengths. We're not to be judging ourselves and turning this into something that's crushing. What we want to do is explore what are our skills and gifts and abilities and how can I bring them in service to God to my family? So just give you one little example. When I taught this, we did it as a retreat, and I had this sweet young mother come up to me, and she said, you know, I've never really thought through cooking for my family. She said, my husband works swing shift. We have four little children, and it's so overwhelming to me by the time I get to dinner, and I know I face that time alone. She said, we go to McDonald's, and she said, we go every night, and we drive through we don't even go in and sit. She said, we drive through, we bring it home. I don't even use plates because I don't want to do the dishes and my kids are little and they can't, I have never taught them to do dishes. So it's just one more task for me to face. And she said, you have given me a whole different perspective that I can make this an expression of love and and caring for the well-being of my family. And she said, I am going to go home and begin to cook. I'm going to give my children a dinner, whether or not my husband's there, and I will train them to do the dishes. It will take a little more work at first, but you're right. They can learn. They can help. And our lives are going to be transformed. She said, I don't know what else you're going to share. This is going to change our lives. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So. I think one of the things that my mom has helped me with so much, and what I try to communicate in the book, is that every kind of task that we do as homemakers, it's possible to get a spiritual insight in it or through it. Um, for instance, one time I said to her, "Mom, I-, I hate ironing. I just hate it." You know, I said, "Can you redeem ironing in my mind?" And she, and she just took a little breath and she said, "Well, when I iron," I pray for the person who's going to wear that garment. I say, Lord, help them honor you when they're wearing this shirt or this pair of slacks. And it just changed ironing for me. I don't love it, but I don't hate it anymore because to me, it's an act of love, you know? Um, and and there have been other things. One day, one day, I had done laundry. I was halfway up the stairs, and my eye caught a little health tech shirt and this shirt had been worn by my oldest son, Michael, and Gabriel, and then Hannah, I didn't put it on because it was very boyish, but then Jeremiah wore it, and now Joseph was about a year old, and he was wearing this same shirt, and as I went up the stairs, I just felt like that load got so heavy, and I really did pray out loud. I don't even know if any of the kids were around. I'm like, God, what am I doing? (laughs) I am washing the same shirt. How many times? And nothing is changing about my task. I mean, I just I just felt like I, I rested the basket on my leg and I thought, I can't even get up the stairs. This is, what am I doing? I'm an intelligent woman and I'm doing laundry, you know? And I just, I didn't hear a voice, but I felt like he answered that prayer of the cry of my heart. And he said, Kimberly, the task isn't what's changing. You are what's changing. You're doing these things, these little acts of caring for your family out of great love. And think how many times you have loved how many boys with this one little shirt. And all of a sudden, I could have danced up the stairs. That load became so light. I'm like, Lord, you are right. You are right. You're just looking for me to say yes, to follow you, to obey you, to do the little things. No one will ever know for love of you, for love of Scott, for love of those particular children. And and that's what I tried to communicate through Graced and Gifted. What you do matters. It's not that you've got polished silver just gleaming on the shelf, but it might mean you polish the silver to be able to set the table for Sunday dinner. It doesn't mean that every load of laundry is folded and put away at the end of, of each day and, and beautiful meal has been, you know, served, and you can just check all those boxes. Because let's be honest, there's hardly a job where you could feel like a failure every day. You could get 10 tasks done and go to bed knowing you didn't get to the 11th or the 12th or the 13th, you know? And so what we do is we embrace the humility that comes with this beautiful vocation as i would say a vocation of interruption <laughs> and we say god thank you that we got so much accomplished today please give me the grace to trust it what didn't get done to you and help me begin again tomorrow
0: there are so many things that you said in the last <laughs> few minutes that i want to just go and sit with for a few hours but oh, <laughs> that's incredible I'm glad. I'm glad. that's oh it's so good. you know I, we could take this conversation so many places we could talk, I know. <laughs> we could talk about practicals of meal prep. we could talk about time management but I think what I'd yes. really love to hear you speak into is that I think at least my struggle as as a Catholic wife as a Catholic mom is not getting my priorities straight. And putting mm-hmm. the emphasis maybe on a little bit too, well, way too much more on my clean home and my laundry's folded and all these things got done versus I, I I made space in my day for prayer or I yes. transformed these tasks and I made, I gave them to God as a sacrifice. So I, I think what I would love to hear, hear you speak into is that we have all this practical wisdom that we can find in graced and gifted and it's absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful, but it's, it falls flat I think if we're not getting our structure correct right. when it comes to our, our to our daily life, um, right? And you write really beautifully about a rule of life, and I, if you juxtapose it with what someone would be living in religious life with more you know of a community rule of life, but instead having mm-hmm. one for ourselves and for our family. So I I think I'd love I'd love to hear you talk about what your rule of life looks like today in, in your current season. Mm-hmm. But then for women who are listening, how? what advice would you give to them maybe if they're just starting to create that rule of life for themselves and kind of where to structure things?
1: Right. And I want to say at the outset, I benefited so much from Holly Puro's book called The Mother's Rule of Life. And I would love to recommend that to people. Um, I actually went a little bit in a different direction on the lower priorities because I felt like it was so important to actually separate Um, ministry options, not putting it under my own personal fulfillment, but making sure that that came after all the priorities of family, only because it is, it, it can be easy, and maybe it's my personality, maybe it's not every woman, but it can be easy to substitute doing the things I like to do for God, um, And then justify not doing the higher priorities for my family because it's so important I sing in the choir. It's so important that I go give this talk. It's so important that I do this podcast. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. This is where I think we look at something like a rule of life and say it is in process. And where we begin is priority loving. So priority loving leads to priority living rather than tasks first. So even even in our love for God, we don't want it to become perfunctory tasks. Um, You know, I get up, I say my act of consecration, I read the scripture of the day, and, and that is what I do, but at the same time, you know, and then pray through my family and all of that, but I don't do it first and foremost as a task to check off. I do it because I love God and I want to be with him. And it, it's the same task. It's just a different emphasis. When I asked my mom, as I was preparing all this material, I'm like, mom, how would you summarize homemaking? And she said, homemaking is about relationships. And I thought, wow, <laughs> I'm already off balance because I was thinking so much about the cooking and cleaning, etc." And yes, and that's what gives us wisdom as we go through our day and you know we're in the process of doing something and a child comes in and has a need Um, and we need to sort that because sometimes it's less important to get all the laundry folded if what we really need to do is snuggle up with our child and read him a little book and settle his heart and get him back to bed. And maybe we're too tired after that to actually finish folding the laundry, and so we finish it the next day. But we have spoken to the heart of our child, you are the priority. Or even more, and this is really challenging when you have such little ones, but how do you communicate to your spouse that he is a higher priority than the children? The children's needs are very immediate, they're louder, they're more obvious, you know, they come in waddling in with a doopy diaper, you're not going to say, I really want to take 15 more minutes to talk to daddy. (laughs) You're going to get up and you're going to deal with that, you know, that uh, diaper hanging low to the ground. But, But there is a way in which you communicate gently to your children, daddy is the priority. So maybe you do that by designating a few minutes when he first walks in the door that the two of you sit on the couch and have couch time for 15 minutes and then they get daddy. Maybe he comes in the door when you're in the thick of making supper and the best thing for you is if he distracts the children so you can finish dinner and then after dinner, you get that time when the kids can just play quietly. But if you only have time alone when the kids go to bed, do they even see you enjoying each other? You know, and so a small amount of time that that you you just train them. Daddy and mommy are having couch time. You know, or uh, we call it snitching in the kitchen, where Scott will come out and <laughs> he'll grab me and give me a kiss. And uh, someone told us recently that something happens in a seven-second kiss. And sometimes we'll even literally both of us in our minds, we're like counting the seconds. But I'm telling you, the kiss changes, just changes. And it's so sweet. One time, uh, our youngest, now he's 21, but he was about four at the time, maybe five. We were hugging in the kitchen and and he came in and he got right between us. And I thought, oh, is he uncomfortable? You know, I mean, we weren't, you know, it wasn't anything untoward. And, all, and then he looked up at us and smiled and said, now squeeze. <laughs> and he just wanted to feel the crush of love. He just went, you know, and, and every once in a while if the kids, even our married kids come in the kitchen and we're kissing and they're like, oh my gosh, you know. And I just smile and I say, you know, you it you love it I love it when I my parents are still living my dad's 90 my mom will be 89 and I see them give each other a smooch or they'll sit side by side on the sofa holding hands and it's like yes I love it I love it so back to the rule of life what your goal is is if I if I take the largest priorities Um, And this is actually a Stephen Covey concept too. If I take the biggest priorities of my life, so that is prayer, it's, it's tuning it to God and giving him the day and trying to find ways to walk with him if I can, getting to daily mass, praying a daily rosary, things like that. If I decide where those go, and especially it's helpful if it's in the morning, you know, as close to first thing as it can be, then you have the next size stone. So those are like large stones. And then you get the next size stone. And, and as you work your way to lower priorities, there's room for everything. Um, but if you, if you fill it up with all the little tiny tasks, you can get to the end of the day and say, I can't believe it. I never even thought of praying. Um, now, again, the goal is not to beat yourself up and say, what a wretched Catholic I am. It's like, Lord, help me do better tomorrow. And of course, when you're at your stage in life where you have very little children, it doesn't even matter where you if you set your alarm to get up for prayer, you could be beaten to that time, you know, by a child. And so, so each of us needs to find our way. But I will say that at the beginning of the day is one of the best times to pray to just remember who we are as God's. Beloved daughter, and Lord, I want to live this day for you, and help me, help me catch my husband's eye before he leaves for work, and just say, "I'm going to have a, a nice meal for you when you walk back in the door," or give me a call from work sometime today. Um, that we it increases how intentional we can be if we have prayed at the outset of the day, and then we move through the day, and we're already, I think, a little more sensitive to the Holy Spirit to those small moments of um, you can serve this child this way, and you can serve that child this way. And um, it makes us more sensitive to that. And then for the large tasks of the day, we find our own rhythm, but laundry will not happen by itself. So, what's your plan? Um, what is your plan for, you know, everything, gardening, cooking, whatever it is? Um, My mom gave me uh, her word of advice. It was so funny because it was after I was long past tiny little children. And she said, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was choose supper in the morning. And I said, wow, you never told me that. (laughs) That
0: would be nice to know.
1: Because there's so many nights that I've had this panic at 4, 4.30 in the afternoon going, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of dinner. And um, I must say my daughter and my daughter's-in-law do a much better job than I do thinking ahead about supper. Um, but as you go into new phases of life, I'm at this very fun phase where it's a small table and pretty simple meal. And often Scott and I get to go out, you know, we have a date once or twice a week. And that was not where I was with little children. But that's, that's part of the fun part of being in your 60s, I think.
0: Oh, I love that. I I think what's so beautiful about Graced and Gifted that I have really enjoyed, and I'm really looking forward to diving into it deeper, Hmm. is that it's this beautiful mix of Really practical tips, like things like think ahead of dinner, think ahead. Right, but then, but right. then also so beautifully paired with things like this is how the sacraments mirror, you know, are mirrored in our in our daily lives in our domestic church. I know, I know, it's so good. Can really, um, oh, it's so so good where can where can listeners find a copy and and also i know there's gonna be so many women who want to dive into this scripture study but also Mm. to get to know you and your wisdom and your Mm. personality and and who you are where can they find more about your podcast and and connect with you online after getting to know you here
1: thank you so much so um last october we launched belovedandblessed.com and all of the podcasts are available. It's free. They just go to the St. Paul Center or, .com or belovedandblessed.com Either way, they just sign up for the podcast and they can get it anytime. Um, I do also take questions from listeners and I try to get at least a couple questions answered each podcast as well. Um, EWTN has picked it up and so I'm sharing um, the Bible study material um, in, in a half hour Bible study and I also include two other small sections uh, moments with my mom where I'm interviewing my mom and asking her questions and then married saints and there are a lot of married saints there truly are and I've been researching them and I'm just trying to to share that with us uh, with everybody um, so that we can see how many champions have gone before us and they have different strengths we all, you know, our different personalities and temperaments, and um, and yet God uses us all. He can make us all holy by the power of His Holy Spirit, and and He's at work. He's at work, and we want we want to, you know, live as His beloved daughters. We really do, day in day out. Um, So I would love to have people tune into the podcast. And then the book is available through the St. Paul Center um, or Amazon, uh, Chosen and Cherished, Biblical Wisdom for Your Marriage, and also Graced and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart.
0: You know, the one last question that I have for you, this is the question that I ask every woman who comes on the podcast, and it's this one, how we'll close out our our time together this evening. Kimberly, how do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman who's encouraging other women and caring for their homes, but also for caring for their families? I love St.
1: John Paul. I had an opportunity to meet him three times, and he, he broke open... A beautiful truth that unfortunately is um, being run roughshod by our culture, but that's why we need to talk about it. That's why I'm so glad that's a focus of your podcast, Chloe. Um, we are uniquely different. Anybody who says that men and women are just the same um, is not is not thinking through a reality. And he has made us different in a complementary way. Um, we we have a focus on relationships on with people. Um, and you can see it from little baby girls who tend to focus on the eyes of people, um, even in the hospital and little boys just tend to be drawn a little more to objects. That doesn't mean boys are were, you know bad or something, it's just we're different, we're different from the get-go. And it's a beautiful difference, God intended that difference. Um, When someone says to me, you know, don't you feel like the Catholic Church um, doesn't honor you by giving you a chance to be a priest? It's like, first of all, being a priest isn't a right of a man. Uh, Every man isn't called to be a priest. Um, And secondly, it's not about power. It's about service. And Mary serves the church. But how does she serve the church? She serves as mother. She serves as queen of apostles, queen of martyrs, queen of confessors, queen of heaven, queen of the universe. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on, queen of angels. And we would say she has no place in the Catholic church because she could never have been a priest. We need to wrestle with the fact that God knew what he was doing when he made us, that we embrace being a woman, especially for our daughter's sake. And then we just, the question is not, how can I get enough power? But how do I serve, Lord? How do I serve you? How do I serve my spouse, my children? Um, And In truth, how do I even serve your work in my heart and life by treating myself well? You know, by loving, if I'm to love others like I love myself, then I do need to actually love myself and take care of myself. And that's not selfish. Um, There's a difference between the two. And then, of course, to the broader community, how do I love my neighbor, my parishioners, my city, my town, my state, and then the world? And how do I share the gospel with others? And he will always show us the way
0: he will always show us the way. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming on. I could sit and oh. talk to you for hours and hours, oh. but it's late and I would, I would hate to do that to you. But this has been a joy. Thank you so much Thank for coming on. Thank you for me too, Chloe. God bless you
1: and God bless you as you rise in the middle of the night with these little ones. <laughs> it won't last. Sleep all night long. We'll return someday.
0: <laughs> One of those days, right? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. You can check out the show notes for my conversation with Kimberly over at letters womenpodcast.com or scroll down to browse through links to Kimberly's book, Graced and Gifted. It is chock full of some really practical advice when it comes to making a house a home and my type A organizing brain loved the appendix that she included on key questions that she asks before buying a new home and her step-by-step guide for organizing chores and maintaining a home. You'll also find links to Kimberly's podcast, Beloved and Blessed, and links to Sacred Heart Tea, today's Sponsor. You'll also find a link to sign up for my newsletter, Naptime Notes. Every month, I share my favorite reads, some braggable thrift store finds, what I'm stocking our free little library with in our front yard, and updates on our adoption journey. Naptime Notes is always going to be free, but if you subscribe for $5 a month, you'll get early and ad free access to all the Letters to Women podcast episodes before they go live. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you tune in via iTunes or Spotify, which is now accepting listener ratings, it would be so appreciated if you left Letters to Women a quick review and a rating and let me know how I'm doing and tell other Catholic women about why you like tuning into the show. If you want more conversations like this, check out the Letters to Women book. Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life is published through TAN Books, and it features 30 letters from different women, and they're written to encourage and accompany you in your own exploration of the feminine genius. There is a link in today's show notes that's going to send you to TAN Books website, and if you use the code LETTERS at checkout, you can get 15% off. If you ever want to share about a guest you'd love to see on the show or share your experience as a listener, send me an email at letters women at gmail.com. I love getting the chance to connect with you. And that's all I have for today's episode. So until next time peanut Thinking